your team together so we're going to show you what type of people you need to connect to loan officer cpa lawyer real estate professional also you need a home inspector because um, sometimes a contractor can't put if you're trying to ask for repairs they, they don't know how to do the little form so you can have it conducive to, to the picker to make sure that you can ask the seller to make repairs but anyway i want to introduce the randolphs and the randolphs do so many different things they do creative lending they help you um, teach you how to, you know, kind of get your life together too, kind of like McKenzie as well. Um, and they definitely are out here buying houses. They buy so many different houses, so many different rehabs that I ask them to please teach a class on how to pick the right house. How many people know how to, don't know how to, how many people have picked something wrong before? Hopefully they ain't sitting beside you. Uh, hopefully they ain't sitting beside you. Man. When you pick the wrong thing, it doesn't feel good at all. Amen. So hopefully, hallelujah, whoever you sitting beside, wasn't that decision that you made that was wrong. But you do not want to make the wrong decision when you buy a house because it is a big decision. It is a big responsibility. It can definitely bring you wealth. But if you get the wrong one and really don't know what you're doing, it will bring you heartache. That's why I advise you, even if you don't use Maxwell Realty, even though you should, even if you don't use Maxwell Realty, even though I feel like that's the best place to go. Seriously, if you already have somebody, I'm not trying to steal anybody. I just really want you to learn. But I'm jokingly, I think I'm joking. I'm joking, Anna. Yeah, I'm joking. You can use somebody else if you want to. But but don't be using nobody else and call me asking questions. Because some of y'all, you other people call me asking questions. If your person can't answer the question, you, you chose the wrong person. Hallelujah. Just going to say that. Because some of y'all out there, I'm going to talk this way. <laughs> no, nah, but seriously, some of y'all are. But um, it's, it's, that was really not. That, now, I know that for sure that wasn't a joke. But um, <laughs> it was a joke, but it was a serious joke. But seriously, they're going to teach you how to pick the right house. And again, remember, listen to them. Because you know what's sexy about a house? Numbers. Ooh, when them numbers add up and it give you a great return. Ooh, that house so fine. I don't care how ugly it is. Some of y'all know y'all man ugly, but he got some money. <laughs> that went right, but I, it got your attention though. You woke up though. <laughs> but his credits go banging, right? FICA just dope. But so seriously, they're going to teach you how to pick the right house because if you pick the right house, it will definitely help you curate wealth. So these, this, this man and woman of God are experienced. They've been doing real estate. I don't know how many years, but they've been doing it for a while. They also have helped people get loans as well. But without further ado, y'all, please give a warm welcome to Mr. William and to Wanda Randolph. Come on, y'all. Make them feel good. Here they go, baby. I swear I feel like a, where the DJ at, man? I swear some music's supposed to be popping when they walk on stage. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Pleasure to be with you. My name is William Randolph, and this is my beautiful wife, Tawana. We're going to get started. We've got 30 minutes. They put us on the clock. The clock started already. So we're going to uh, get started. Next slide, please. We're going to talk about buying the right property, either as a rental or as a fix and flip opportunity. So. Next slide. This is us. Let me come over this way so you can see our journey. Started in 2015 as a hobby. Okay. But now we have 20 rentals, 20 rental units. 
successfully executed 16 flips and a couple in process, one under contract right now. We have started helping others learn this process as well, and we are here to share some of that information with you. Next slide. So there's a, there's a framework that I like to use that's called the ideal plus, why I think real estate investing is the ideal plus investment. Ideal is an acronym, I-D-E-A-L plus, I for income, obviously for cash flow, uh, for flips and fixing flips, big checks at the end, hopefully. Depreciation, that's a tax treatment that's helpful. Real estate provides tax treatment. Equity, equity is a big play as well. When you think about rentals and you have a mortgage on your rentals and your tenants are paying rent, as they pay rent and they pay down your mortgage, your equity increases. Okay, it's, equity is a play. Appreciation, you just have to be eyes wide open the last few years, you see what, see what appreciation looks like. Leverage, we've talked about leverage before. What other investments can you put down sometimes 5, 10, 15, maybe even up to 20%, but have all of the value, have 100% of the value? You can't put 20% down on, on stocks and buy stocks. You can't do it in mutual funds. But in real estate, you can do that. And then the plus, the, the tax benefits. I think there's some valuable propositions for taxes. When my wife and I, whenever we're out doing uh, real estate investing uh, activities, we always go to dinner. We make it a point to go to dinner. That, that dinner is a tax write-off. That dinner is a tax write-off. We have some properties in other states. When we go visit those properties on the way to our vacations, those are tax write-offs. So that's the plus. Next slide. It's you, dear. So choosing the right property is crucial, is crucial um, when you are on your hunt, whether you're searching for a rental property or a fix and flip. So we're just going to share uh, some of the things that we look for when we're hunting for our investment properties. Next slide. So this slide um, just kind of shows you some of the differences between whether you're on a hunt for a rental property or whether you're on the hunt for a fix and flip property. Um, when you normally, some of the characteristics that people are looking for when they're looking for a, a rental is a steady cash flow. Everyone wants to get that consistent monthly, we call it mailbox money. Um, the long-term appreciation, as my husband said, your tenants are paying the rent, but it's helping to build equity in what is your property, what's your asset. Location and, and market stability, rental investors often look for uh, properties that are in highly sought after locations. Have your ideal tenant in mind when you're looking for these properties. If you are looking to rent to a single person, you're not gonna move, likely not move into the middle of a school area, you're going to move into an area like the uh, uh, city center, somewhere that's got lots of entertainment, movies, night spots. So think about that when you're looking for a rental property. What's your ideal tenant? What do they look like? 
So I'm not gonna go through these line by line if you'd like to take a picture of this slide. It just, again, just shows the differences between uh, some of the characteristics of the properties that you're gonna be looking for when you consider rentals and buy and holds. Next slide. So when it comes to rentals, you're gonna look for location and demand. You're going to, the location is a fundamental consideration for rental investments. You're gonna look for properties that are in, or uh, properties that are in high demand. There are a lot of families that look for, you know, if you're looking for a three bedroom, one bath. Now a family like that, you're gonna look for, you're gonna look for houses that are in school, nice school zones, near playgrounds, have nice amenities for families. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and the next one is neighborhood analysis. You're gonna, you're gonna wanna be in a safe neighborhood. You're gonna look for a desirable neighborhood where your tenants are gonna wanna stay for a while. Cash flow analysis. So don't know if you've considered the, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a tickle in my throat. Um, don't know if you've considered uh, what we call the 1% rule. Your cash flow for rentals should be 1%. Your rent should be 1% of your total investment in your rental properties. So for instance, if you spend $100,000, $70,000 $80,000 acquiring the property, and then you put about $20,000 in renovations, your rent should be at least 1% of that, $1,000. Anything over and above that is a plus. So the property size and layout, again, you're looking for, you're looking for properties that will fit what your ideal tenant would be looking for. Next slide. The property condition. Now, when you consider rentals, you don't want to go in and renovate these properties with granite countertops, you know, high-end flooring. You want to have finishes and fixtures that are long-lasting, that are easy to maintain. You know, even people that are renting deserve to have nice properties. Would you agree? But that doesn't mean that you have to buy the highest, more expensive finishes and fixtures to make it look nice. So think about that. So market rent comparison. As Pastor Maxwell said, you want to have a professional that can tell you what the market rent is in these areas. So if those numbers don't fit what you're looking for, then that's likely not a good area to purchase your rental. So have your real estate agent run the comps for you, get a market analysis, and tell you what the going rent is in the area. Again, tenant profile. Think about who your ideal tenant, what your ideal tenant looks like. Um, rentals right now, I don't know that there's an ideal tenant because a lot of people are looking to rent now during the, during the low interest rate times. People were selling their homes and didn't have anywhere to go. So now you have a lot of people who are looking to, to rent these properties. And it really, a lot of them really don't care where it is as long as, long as it fits their need. <clears throat> Long-term growth potential. Again, you're looking for a property that you can acquire at a low rate. You can do minimal work to it, but you can optimize the rent. So again, buy low, do minimal work, do as little work as you have to. Again, make it nice. Again, we always say we don't want to place anyone in a neighborhood where we wouldn't feel comfortable with our mother living in it. 
So that's, that's how we gauge what types of neighborhoods we go into. Next slide. This is our latest rental. Um, it's located in Franklin, Virginia. We purchased it for $63,000. It took about $46,000 to renovate it and for the carrying cost, meaning the carrying cost meaning what we had to pay while it was being renovated, the utilities and those things. Um, and now we're leasing it, we're renting it for $13.75 per month. So we purchased it for about $109,000 all in. So as you can see, renting it for $13.75 meets our 1% rule. Next slide. These are just a couple of pictures of what it looked like when we purchased it. Right. <laughs> so when we first started investing, um, a couple of the properties we walked into, we, we were just floored by the condition of these properties. But as we started getting more experience, now when we walk into houses like this, we say, ooh, it smells like money, you know? <laughs> so um, I know this can be kind of scary in the beginning, but just, just think about the end result. Think about the end result. And again, this goes to what Pastor Maxwell was talking about, having a trusted team, you know, having a good contractor, people you trust and can rely on. Next slide. This is what the house looks like now. So it can be done. Next slide. Okay, that's me. So I'm going to talk about picking for fix and flips. Slightly different model, slightly different model. Fix and flips are designed to sell at the highest level in an open real estate market. Okay, so th these are individuals looking for finished product, finished product. So there are a couple of strategies. Location and market trends. Are you buying in the path of where people want to live with a finished product. Okay, so it's very important to understand that. The renovation potential. My wife and I always talk about the gap, that we always are focused on the gap, and the gap is between where we buy and where we sell. And there's lots of activity that increases the gap or reduces the gap. So you always wanna make sure you have the renovation potential the renovation potential. And the potential is this, simply. We've had some that have little or small renovations. We call those lipstick flips, okay? That is just a little paint, little carpet. Everything is solid, but little paint, little carpet, and we're in and we're out. And then we have some like the one we showed you before where it's like there's, forget lipstick, there's no lips, okay? So renovation potential, must understand that. Budget considerations, making sure you understand what your budget. This is where a good team member contractor comes in, understanding what your budget is, what it can be, how long it's going to take, what are your carrying costs. The whole stack of costs must be considered because there has to be a gap at the top, which is your profit. Okay, you got, they have, must have that gap at the top that's your profit. Your comps analysis, this is where my, my superhero real estate agent comes in. She does an exceptional job of, of identifying the comps, knowing what we can sell the house for. Okay, because whenever we buy them, we started with lipstick flips. And now we've had some where you look up through the top of the ceiling and you see the sky. Or you look down through the floor and you see the ground. Okay, but that's not important. What's important is 
what can the market in that neighborhood, what do the comps say it could be? Okay, and that's what we're looking for is what it could be because we have the team and the skills and the wherewithal to take it there. But if it's not what we could, it could be, then that may be limiting in our decision. Next, please. Aesthetic appeal, okay, aesthetic appeal. Now this is where, you know, my wife said, and a couple other people have said, Pastor Maxwell has said, you know, in rentals, you're not living there, okay? But in, in fix and flips, we think about it as, what if we were living there? What if we were living there? So that's the level that we're fixing, but we have to be mindful that we fix houses to the neighborhood. A $100,000 house does not demand granite countertops and waterfall uh, islands, okay? But $300,000 houses demand marble, you know, a little marble here, uh, some high-end fixtures here, uh, high-end vanities, things of that nature, tile, those types of things. So we have to fix for the neighborhood. Legal and zoning compliance, that's really important as well from a standpoint of understanding what the property can be sold for, whether it's a commercial property, whether it's a residential property. We had a, uh, a partner agreement of ours that we worked on. We went into it assuming that it was a residential property. And when it was time to sell it, the city of Hampton said, nope, that's a commercial property. Okay, so while, while you would think the, the level of the fixing and the rehab didn't change, but what happened is our buying pool changed. Okay, if it's a residential, then the 5% FHA, VA, we can hit all of those, that body of individuals, all of those in individuals were available to us as buyers. Once it's been deemed commercial, now we have to go to a commercial loan where you have to put down at least 20 25%. That changes our buying pool. That's the pieces of information that you need to understand. Uh, profit margin, we always want to go in. We, we do the math. It has the pencil. Someone said it earlier that the deal has the pencil. Now, we aren't big. We don't, we don't swing for the fences all the time. We, we like to hit solid doubles and triples using a, a baseball metaphor. Okay, We want to hit solid doubles and triples. My concern with swinging for the fences all the time is that you fall in love with the idea of the deal, okay, and then you make bad decisions because you're like, oh, it's going to be a home run. Okay, so we don't, we don't even seek home runs. We've had a few that have materialized over time, but what we do is we try to hit solid doubles and triples, okay, solid doubles and triples. And then the time frame. The time frame is one of the things that eats your gap, okay, the longer it's out, the longer your costs run, and the changes in the marketplace. Think about anyone that's been tracking the real estate market. Think about the market that's changed over the last six to nine months. It's different. So imagine if you were selling a house today, but you could have sold it nine months ago. That's a different market, so you have to understand the time frame. Next slide. So this is our latest flip. This is what it looks like real time. This is a condo in Hampton. We purchased it for 70,000. Let me get on this side. We purchased it for 70,000, put 48 into it. Okay, and now we have it under contract for $188,000. Okay. 
this is what it looked like. And I wish I had a pointer, but this picture here, I don't know if you can see the over top of the over top of the, the white over the white white pipe, there's another little white section there. That's actually the top of the toilet from downstairs. Okay? So that's a that's a picture of the toilet. Okay, so in our unit, we were looking down through the floor to the unit below. That's how we found it, or that's how we purchased it. Next slide. But this is what it looks like today. Okay. This is what it looks like today. And I just wanted to just point something out to you. The picture on the top left and the picture on the top right are pretty much the same picture, except for the staging in the top right. That's computer-generated staging. I remember there was a season when we had to, we, went, we invested $1,200, $1,300, $1,500 to have, it, have our properties physically staged. Now that costs $35 a picture. The world changes. The world changes. So you have to be ready for the, for the flips, for the shifts. Okay, next slide. And that's more pictures of that, of that property. There was no kitchen there when we, when we started. And that's the same bedroom. Top right, bottom left is the same bedroom with staging. Next slide. All right, tag love. So the point is to have a flexible, be flexible in your thinking when you are purchasing a rental or a fix and flip. Sometimes you may go in thinking, okay, we're going to, we want to rent this place. Um, you know, that's your plan. That's your solid plan. However, it doesn't always work that way. So do what works, do what works best for you. Do what makes sense. Um, for, for example, we had, next slide, please. For example, our first flip, we call the accidental flip because we purchased this property with all intentions of it being a rental. So we purchased 58 Candlelight Lane in, Port in Portsmouth, in Portsmouth um, for $71,000. There was $10,000 in, in renovations. Again, that number may seem relatively low, and it's because we were prepping it to be a rental. As you see, we ended up selling the property, and it's because it was in a condominium association. So when we purchased the property, and some of you may be familiar, some of you may not, when you're in a condominium community, they have a certain amount, of, a certain number of properties that they allow to be rented. Once you exceed that number, you, you have to sell. So that's what happened to us. We purchased the property and we were below that threshold when we purchased the property. But after renovations, and we, went to, and we went to rent it out, we found out we were now above that threshold. So we had no other alternative but to sell it. So the deal ended up not being too bad. But when I say be flexible, think about your exit strategy. You may not, your exit strategy may not be what you initially thought it was going to be. So be flexible and make sure that the numbers make sense either way. Next slide. These are just a couple of pictures, before pictures, again, when we walked in, it had an odor, we were like, oh my God. And this was our, 
our second, this would have been our second rental. But still, we were new, so when we saw it, we just had to rely on our contractor. Next slide. This is what the property looked like when we sold it. Next slide. So some key points to remember is take what the market gives you. Don't be wedded to a particular city. Don't be wedded to a particular neighborhood. Take what the market gives you, especially in this crazy real estate market. Um, be open to different locations. Be open to different, different styles of homes. Uh, just be, be open. Have, a, have an open mind about it. And buy where the opportunity presents itself. I can't tell you how many investors I've worked with that have told me, I'll, I'll take any house. I'll go, I'm, I'm willing to go anywhere except downtown Newport News, the number streets, as people call it. But the number streets is opportunity. The number of streets is opportunity. If you've seen how much new construction is coming up down there, if you've seen all the houses that are being, that are being renovated and rehabbed down there, in the next five to 10 years, we won't even recognize downtown Newport News. So take what the market gives you. The deal of the century, my, my husband always says that the deal of the century happens about once a month. So you'll have people that will approach you and say, hey, I got this great deal. You're not going to find another deal like this one. And a month later, you'll find another one. So be careful. Make sure your numbers make sense for what you're looking for. Surround yourself with believers and experts. Like Pastor Maxwell said, you know, surround yourself with positive people, experts in the field, good attorneys, a good agent, a uh, good lender, make sure that the, these people can help you achieve your investment goals. And again, just to reiterate, selecting the right property is critical. It's critical in reaching your investment goals. So make sure that you have the right people around you, that you do your homework, that you listen to podcasts. These are all the things that we did before we started to make sure that we knew what we were doing or felt comfortable enough to step out on faith and say, we can make this happen. Next slide. So believe in yourself. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. If we can do it, we had zero experience when we started in 2015. Zero experience. So if we can do it, you can do it. Next slide. And that's it for our presentation. This is our contact information. If anyone has any questions, again, um, I work alongside or for Pastor Maxwell. So if you have any questions, feel free to give us a call. We'll be more than happy to help you. Um, we help coach people through the process. So if you have any questions, we have cards with us and we'll be more than happy to help. Anyone have any questions? We had a couple slides at the end. I don't know if you wanna use those or not. So we have a couple of pictures at the end um, if we had extra time, if you just want to run through them. This is a property, another flip that we did in, in uh, Newport News. This was a house that we purchased and flipped right at the top, I think right at the beginning when the market started shifting. So we ended up with like 11 offers on this home. And what we did, if you look at the picture at the top left, that was a back porch. And one of the things that we always try to do is add value to the existing property, to the existing footprint. So what we did was, instead of redoing that 
that back deck area, we put the footers in and extended it. We made it living space, which added square footage to the house because it had, it was um, temperature controlled. So this picture here is what it looked like completed. One half of it is a sunroom with the windows. That's it from the outside. Next slide. This was the kitchen. Next slide. That was an ugly, nasty hallway. It looked like a murder scene. Next slide. That was the laundry room. You had to actually walk outside of the house to go into the laundry room. Next slide. And the other side of that, we turned into, we made, we extended the master bedroom and made two walk-in closets. So get creative, get creative, do whatever you need to do to add value to your flips. Because ultimately it's gonna pay out, it's gonna pay out in the end. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for your presentation. My question is, when you are putting the numbers down, like how much you uh, purchased it for and how much you flipped it for, how much of that is hard money that you actually have to have in order to sell or to rent? So my, my, one of my favorite sayings is, is, it definitely takes money to invest in real estate, but thank God it doesn't have to be your own, okay? So it really depends. I am one of those individuals that have a, had a 401k, so I use my 401k dollars. That's what we fund our flips with. When I retired from the federal government, I turned my whole 401k into something that I could use for real estate investing. So we don't borrow money, um, but that's just our situation. But if you had to borrow money, as long as you can borrow the money and have in the deal the interest to pay back the money, it's, it, it's, a, it's a good model. 70%, think about all of your cost should be 70% of the ARV. So whatever the total value is, let's say it's $200,000, 70% of that would be $140,000. That's all of your costs. So that extra 60 is where you pay all of your fees, pay everybody off, and hopefully there's some money left there to be a profit. So think, think 70%. Your stack should be no more than 70%. Your, your expenses should be no more than 70% of your total ARV stack. Sure. And he won. No, I like y'all raising to the mic. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Do, do you have like a formula uh, that you can just refer to? Maybe we can take a picture of it or something like that in any of your slides to, to explain what you just said. Um, not in the slides, but it's, it's, I hate to say it's really simple, but it, it's really, here's the basis. Out of the total value of your deal, you divide that number or multiply that number by 0.7, okay, 70%. And if your costs are below that number, we like to think that's a good deal. That's a good deal for us. So 70%. So that's the purchase, that's the renovation, that's the carrying costs, and all of the costs to sell. So then that 30% becomes yes, profit. Yes, at least becomes the opportunity okay. for profit. Some of those will be, some of those costs will be, we usually count 10%, 6% for the, um, commissions, buying and selling on both sides, 
and another three or four percent because sometimes you know, buyers ask for uh, closing cost assistance. So we plan for of that 30, 10 percent to be gone. We target the 20. That's our that's our play. Yeah. Hey, thanks again. Good presentation. Um, question is, I, I understand the concept about getting together a good team, a good partnership, you know, a realtor, a CPA and everything. But the crucial part seems to be the contractor, the one that's going to do the renovation, the fix up. Can you talk in a quick, you know, a little bit, how do you find that person or group or team or organization that you can trust to kind of do a good job and to be with you for multiple properties or, you know, what, what's that situation like? How do you go about finding that contractor, company, organization? So, so in our experience, we found one over time. We were just fortunate. We, we tried a couple and we found one and we treat this guy like he's royalty because if you find a good contractor, they're like royalty, okay? Um, so the, I think the best strategy is just to tell everybody you know you're looking for a, a good contractor. People will have experiences People will have experiences and they'll share those experiences with you. And I'll tell you, people that have good contractors, they are a little reluctant to give you their, to give you their, uh, their contractors as a referral. You know, we, 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 we advise, we, we share our guy probably once or twice, uh, but other than that, we try to keep him busy. So he's not out there looking. So um, I think the best strategy is to talk to everybody, tell everybody you know, everybody you meet, hey, I'm looking for a, a good contractor. Um, and then if you know anybody that's a really good contractor, they should be thinking about getting into this business because that's the, that's the hardest part, in my opinion, of the whole life cycle of fix and flips and, and real estate investing. Having a competent contractor that will show up and be true to their cost estimates. Things happen, but, but to be relatively true to their cost estimates. If you find that, that's like finding the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus all rolled into one. And just to add to that really quickly, Pastor Maxwell, if you find there are a lot of people playing contractors around here now, I've, I've heard some horror stories. If you find someone that is ready to start tomorrow, don't use them. Because any contractor right now that's a good contractor is going to be busy. So just be careful. Just be mindful because I've, I've, I've heard some, some horror stories. Can we get him a hand clap? What, what, what? You go that way, this way. Well. Hey, everybody. This is awesome, man. Our Overflow Investors Workshop is going great. We've learned how to become bankable. We've learned how to do tax annuities. We learned how to hide our money and tax sheltering. Our goal here is to make sure that we teach people how to make money through investing in real estate. Investing in real estate to me is the easiest way in order for you to learn and to curate wealth. So I'm so happy. We had a, a good turnout. We had about, I guess, probably about 200 people here today. And it's been awesome. We want to make sure that you're able to not only take care of yourself, but to curate wealth for your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. We want to make sure that you leave a legacy of wealth to take care of your family. And that's what we're going to teach you here in our overflow. Hi, I'm Sarita Powers. I came all the way from Virginia Beach to hear Dr. Maxwell, love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Can't wait for the next one. I'm going to definitely buy my first property one day soon. You can also buy into this program 
This is a free workshop, but we have it every, every month. We're gonna have paid for classes and we're gonna give it at a very, very discount rate. Just look at the bottom of your screen and you'll be able to see exactly what it is that you need to invest in yourself in order to make sure that you not only become bankable, but become wealthy so you can take care of your family. Hey everybody, how you doing? This book is a book I believe everyone should buy. Not just because I wrote it, but because this book was birthed out of pain. And you learn so much during those painful moments. This is called Leadership Growth, The Power and the Pain. You can't have the power unless you've been through the pain. Bishop Morton wrote the foreword. It's been endorsed as well by our former governor, uh, Terry McAuliffe, and by our Newport News Sheriff, Sheriff Gabriel Morgan. I promise you this book will bless you. Please get it, not just for me, but to bless you. Go to willamaxwell.org or click on the links below and I promise you this book will bless you. If you don't just buy it for yourself, buy it for someone else. It's a short read, but it's a powerful read. I've been getting testimonies all across the country and I promise you it will bless your life.